welcome to the Evolution Exchange Nordic Podcast. Uh, today I'll be speaking with Mimi Belling. And Mimi is a journalist writing for the European startup site Sifted, which is backed by the Financial Times, where she focuses on discussing what's going on across the tech sector in the Nordics. Uh, she previously worked for DI Digital as a reporter, where she also ran events such as DI Startup Tour and DI Female Founders. Uh, and today I'm glad to be uh, discussing the trend of impact companies. Uh, first of all, Mimi, how are you doing today? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for having me on your podcast. It's no problem, no problem. And what's the weather like? Is it North Stockholm? Um, North of yeah. Stockholm you're in? It? I'm actually in our summer house, which is about three hours uh, drive from uh, Stockholm. So it's been uh, pretty hot up here, uh, which is uh, not usual for this time of year, maybe. But uh, uh, which is, it's been nice. It's nice. Okay, good stuff. Well, uh, let's crack on. Um, so I suppose for people who don't know, I've not heard the term impact company. Mimi, what what's an impact company? Well, I mean, I think if you look at the United Nations Development Goals or the Sustainable Development Goals, there's like 17 of them, SDGs. And that is where the impact angle comes from. But obviously, this is pretty broad. And usually... One of the problems probably to be fitted into the impact is like, well, you might be focused on solving one of those issues, but there are a lot of other problems that you might actually create. I mean, so what is really impact here? I mean, just as an example, I visited Catapult Future Fest, which is this, uh, it's this impact uh, event in Norway. And that was back in 2019. And one of the investors mentioned uh, his investment in a last mile delivery service in South um, South America. And uh, I mean, the company's drivers would quickly pick up groceries from stores and deliver them to households on scooters in like half an hour. I mean, in Sweden, that might not have been like impact, right? But in South America, that was seen as impact because it's created new jobs and it increased economic growth and helped out with infrastructure. So I mean, that kind of covers two SDGs. So that's, that's the kind of the, the interesting, I suppose, with the SDGs, that it can almost cover any kind of startup. What, what, what do you think um, an impact company uh, in the terms of, let's say, Sweden or the Nordics um, in general, what do you think a company has to be doing to be, to be classed as an impact company? Well, I think they have to, and somehow show that they are doing something that actually solves one of those kind of SDGs. And it's probably that, I mean, when they are growing, that they are still solving that issue as much as becoming profitable or, you know, so the, the profits are somehow related to the problem they are solving. So they're not just, you know, having a very small impact but making loads and loads of profits. You see what I mean? So, but that is a very, very difficult question to answer. I mean, Kri, you know, um, the telemedicine startup, for example, they're seen as, uh, as, as an impact startup. But the question is, I mean, they're obviously solving an issue about making healthcare more easily accessible, but they probably have some other, uh, you know, problems that might not mean that it's, that is that impactful 
Do you see what I mean? So all this kind of, for each and every startup, you almost have to look at it individually nowadays because there's so many of them. <laughs> yeah, I know. And there's, it's almost it's the startup capital of Europe, um, uh, Stockholm, may, maybe apart from London at the moment. Uh, so there's loads of stuff coming on. So, so you saying, are you saying then an impact company has to be doing everything, everything right? Or there's only one part of a company which is impactful and there might actually be some um, challenging aspects to what they're doing because of that impact? Well, I mean, I think this is, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer to it. I just think that we have to maybe be more careful when we look at startups and say, well, this is an impact startup. You have to really look at what kind of impact it has. And I mean, if it has enough impact to be able to call itself an impact startup. I mean, I don't, I mean, I can't see, I mean, Sweden, for example, it's seen as the impact hub of Europe because almost half of its investments in startups and scale-ups in, well, last year, I believe it was, uh, was in startups that said that they were impact startups and had at least like, that they were solving at least one SDG. Mm. And I mean, I think it's in some way, I think if the trend was as big in other European countries, probably Sweden would have been the leader. Uh, <laughs> but it, this trend of actually calling itself an impact startup is very, I mean, it's very strong in Sweden. Do, do you think, yeah, um, that I, I, I remember speaking at um, uh, a GP Bullhound conference about four, four or five years ago. And in preparation for that talk, um, we um, we reviewed why candidates were choosing uh, their next position. And Sweden's a rarity, um, along with the, uh, other, the other Nordic countries, in the fact that they don't just consider the usual salary, a company and position. They also consider, um, it used to be a corporate social responsibility. Yeah, and it feels like that's transitioning to making sure that the next company candidates choose is an impact company. Do you, uh, where I'm going with this is, do you think they're actually impact companies or they're saying they're impact companies to attract the talent that is choosing it on that basis? Yeah, good question. I mean, I think that you can always look, I mean, I think every company now to be able to attract talent needs to be able to show that they have, I mean, some kind of, I don't know, I mean, uh, uh, some kind of solution that is not just making profits, but that they actually have some kind of core to them, that they, there's actually, they're doing good and they're making a difference. I mean, that they have a purpose. Uh, mm. So I think that that's, that is more about I mean, in some areas, um, I think that's definitely you have to attract talent. So you have to find a way to show how you are sustainable. I mean, I was looking at Klarna earlier. And obviously, if, if you do a search for Klarna and sustainability, they have uh, obviously a page saying that how they are working on becoming sustainable and how to show their customers what will have the biggest climate impact and so on on the purchases. I mean, so you every company has to in some way um, address this issue but I don't know if it's and I think it's mainly for talent acquisition I mean, mm. Um. okay um so um obviously um as a journalist reporter um 
which companies have you been looking at across um, Sweden, across the wider, wider Nordic region who fit this impact companies um, title? Well, I mean, <laughs> well, they all, all do it, right? Yeah, but okay, so if we're going to focus on the one that I think uh, has the most impact, then I mean, in Sweden, it's like a really big uh, EV hub right now. I mean, the, for, for electric vehicles, is, Sweden is becoming really big. I mean, it's not just Northvolt, I mean, the big battery factory, which is obviously leading this kind of race in some way. But also you have companies like Enride that does like, uh, you know, electric trucks. Uh, and you have Xshore for electric boats and Candle as well. And then you have like motorcycles, uh, electric motorcycles like Cake and others. I mean, so this is kind of interesting because I think that to create a new industry, uh, and obviously it's important because of, I mean, all the, all the fossil fuels, etc. But so I think that is an interesting um, kind of industry and interesting company to look at. Uh, but if you look outside, or even not just outside of Sweden, but if you look at the fashion industry, if you look at the kind of industries that are today creating lots of like carbon emissions, it's not great for the world and so on. I mean, you can look at fashion. And I mean, that is pretty bad area because obviously cotton is very, takes lots of water and logistics and all that. So then you have like Swedish Renew Cell that's recycling uh, materials, which is quite interesting. And it's working with H&M and so on. And then you have like a Finnish company called Spinova that's doing similar things. So I, I think if just looking at the kind of different industries and trying to find the companies within those, I think that's a kind of an area which is interesting in Sweden and uh, in Nordics overall. Are you noticing noticing any trends or have you got any thoughts on the companies that have created the the challenge or the problem and now buying the companies that are solving what they've they've caused? Have you seen any of that happening? Uh, you can seen, you say that again? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Have you seen any companies uh, that have, have, for example, the fashion industry? Yeah. Obviously, um, with the amount of uh, stuff that needs to go into those industries, it's not sustainable. And therefore, some of those companies are now going, mm, we need to sort this out. Are they buying the startups that are solving the problems that they've oh. created? I see. Uh, I mean, I think they're actually not just acquiring them, but they're actually working with them, which I think is much more interesting. So, I mean, H&M has been big in this, but also like Adidas and and other kind of brands. Uh, Levi's is also working with this kind of recycling materials. I mean, so I think that it's good that these brands are not just like acquiring them because then the innovation will maybe <laughs> decline a bit as well, but actually working together with them. And that's similar to, you know, the food industry, for example. Uh, there's this Finnish company called Solar Foods that does uh, a protein out of I mean, air and electricity, more or less. I mean, they, they distract carbon from the air and they use like solar power, et cetera, to create this protein. And they have a big customer in the Fatsa, you know, who creates bread and cakes and all those things. So I think that's interesting that these big corporates are actually turning to startups to become more innovative as well and to try to change the way 
I mean, they're working and their kind of uh, carbon footprint. Anyway. Is is there any uh, companies that you've seen them uh, seen? Uh, call themselves an impact company which you've really questioned or you've found slightly troubling or yeah, you, you see, you, 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 <laughs> you, no, you see this every three years there's something there's a new trend and it seems like it could be impact companies but it, three years ago it was artificial intelligence and I remember going to um, uh, the Stockholm Tech Festival that happens I think every I think every September and I was walking around and every company's recruitment stand had, we are doing artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. However, you knew as a recruiter, most of these weren't doing it. At the very best, they were doing some proof of concepts, but everyone just latched onto the phrase to use it as a recruitment spin. Do you think this is going to happen with impact and uh, our impact company? And, and if so, uh, have you seen it happening anywhere specific? Yeah, I mean, I think that... The comparison is good, but it's also a bit flawed because AI, the problem with AI was that most people didn't really maybe understand it or could use it. Uh, do you see what I mean? But impact yeah. is quite easily to understand. And it's like, well, you know, if you are, if you are kind of solve, trying to solve a problem that is a global issue, then it's easier to, but it's also easier for us journalists and others to actually look at the company and say like, well, are you actually an impact company? And mm. uh, I think that was for a couple of years ago when uh, Voy, you know, the electric scooters, uh, yeah. they came out with a report saying that they were kind of sustainable because they were, they were taking cars off the road. However, what was actually, what what it was was that actually they didn't take cars off the road. They just made people that would otherwise walk take an electric scooter, which is not maybe that impactful. I mean, it's great for people getting to where they want to go faster. Mm. But I mean, you can look at it from like um, an individual health perspective. It's probably better to walk. Uh, <laughs> and also, if you're not actually cutting down on cars, I mean, you the 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 kind of the emission it takes to actually create these electric scooters and electricity it's i mean obviously clean electricity is great but it's well i mean do we need to use it for electric scooters or should it be used for something else that we need more i mean those are the kind of issues what one can look at i mean for void now they obviously uh, they're trying to do a more sustainable cities which is an sdg uh, goal as well which kind of makes it well in that way it is an an impact startup but does it actually make as much impact as they are saying this could also be it's another discussion about i mean i mean um food waste startups um you know like swedish karma and also uh this is too good to go which is a danish one um and they are kind of letting restaurants and cafes sell their, their foods that are leftovers much cheaper so people can come and pick it up and, instead of actually going to waste. I mean, that would be great. But if it's like those companies, if they are letting restaurants know, well, you can actually sell more, it's a bit cheaper, uh, you won't get as much money, but you will still be able to sell your stuff. Perhaps they wouldn't actually cut down on their production, but actually as get another channel to sell through it mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. it wouldn't have that much impact right yeah so all these kind of questions 
I found it very interesting. I mean, it's like greenwashing uh, in impact startups. And it's very hard to to go through these kind of reports and find it and understand it and, and actually really see if these companies are impactful, I think. Uh, but it's something for us journalists to also dig a bit deeper into, I think, especially in the coming years, especially if everyone like fintech startups, if any, all the kind of health tech startups all say they are impact companies, then, well, that has to be, I mean, look at a little bit more in depth, I think. Well, I was going to say, um, Stockholm, um, yes, has a lot of the startups calling themselves impact uh, in green tech, in health tech, still fintech gambling uh gaming is still very very big in stockholm um and even across some of the wider nordic um capital cities yeah um do you are you worried that some of these will adopt i mean you've already seen fintech companies adopt uh impact uh this uh the title impact company on their basis that they're helping the communities uh, use their money responsibly do you think this is a good thing or do you think uh, we should be wary of it? Well, I mean, it depends. Either we are just fine with it and we just find another way of actually calling the real impact companies impact. <laughs> I mean, you see what I mean? So maybe yeah. we just have to find a, another kind of a word for it that actually makes impact companies stand out. Uh, but in some way as well, I think this trend or this hype is somehow going to uh, slow down a bit. Because if you look at right now, I mean, the market conditions are obviously changing. Usually green tech companies and the like are, are the ones hardest hit because even if they're because impact is usually hardest hit when it's uh, an economic down, downturn, usually because investors want to make money. And uh, to invest in something that is not going to make money in maybe like 10, 15, 20 years, well, would you like to invest in it? So I think maybe now it's going to shift more to become like more sustainable companies. And that's not just about having an impact, but it's actually having a more like, not bootstrapped, but a more of an, a, a financial, financial, healthy climate in the company. Because what we've seen lately is all the kind of layoffs and so on. But it's also been like uh, people have been hiring like mad because they had lots of money in the bank. And then they have to let go of people. And then, I mean, that is not really a sustainable company in a way. So I think that we are going to move a little bit towards having companies that are good to work for, have a purpose, but it's not just focused on like trying to get the impact status. Mm. Do you think that's um, a utopia or a reality? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what I can see now, which I think is interesting, because obviously the, the VC landscape has been mad, right? So any company has had been able, almost any company has been able to raise money to a really high valuation. And in the last few months, that kind of valuation and the ease and, well, the difficulties raising money has been very, you know, um, true and real and i think that if you look at like bootstrap companies that have haven't been you know haven't raised money early on i mean trying to like reach profitability i mean i think budby even if they raised lots of money they're still like focused on 
um, becoming a profitable company. And I think that in a way makes people, well, I, I do think that people in, in the next coming years are going to be more, rather join a company that they think are not just grow, do hyper growth. Uh, because they can also see that well the reality is that we're probably going to have to let go of like quite a lot of people uh, in the future and maybe you don't want to, to work for a company that you know that your kind of position is really uncertain in the next two years mm. so I don't know I, I do hope that that these kind of like the bootstrap companies that I'm trying to at least lift a bit um that they have maybe been bootstrapped for like seven years and then they start to integrate money and then they're almost already profitable so they are able to like grow more sustainably uh which i think it's uh, it's great if that can actually be that kind of idea behind startups could be more common uh, and i hope it will be if you're a nordic tech company at the moment who isn't impact quote-unquote um how would you be selling yourself to talent at the minute um i think i mean some companies companies does it really well i would say that i mean you have for example um pleo and judney two fintech companies and they i think usually what you do is that you say that you have a great culture mm-hmm. and uh, that you you have a great leadership style and I mean I think one example which is really interesting is like this French company which is called like Allen Health and that's an insurance company so they don't I don't think they say that impact I mean they're trying to do like mental health now so yeah that would be impact then but they don't have they have a no meetings policy they have like a no managers policy and they are like 500 people Uh, so I mean, just that, I think that could attract talent. Uh, wow. You know, just trying to... No meetings or no management. Yeah, yeah. Exciting, huh? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I- I'm just thinking they've probably got another word for meeting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but I, I don't know. Uh, they are, yeah. So maybe they-, they have very much more open, I don't know, an open Slack or I don't know, like very much like, well, what do you think about this? I mean, I don't know if they have any kind of, they need to communicate in some way with each other, I suppose. But maybe yeah. it's more, I don't know how they do it. But it's, I think those those kind of cultural uh, aspects of a company can really make you uh, attract talent. Mm. Okay, um, Mimi, uh, for our listeners, if they want to follow your articles, follow your career, or um, find you anywhere, how would they find you? Well, I, I think they definitely should uh, just, just enter like sifted.eu just to find all the great articles we write there about European tech. But otherwise, they can they can find me at uh, Mimi Billing on Twitter, or they can uh, find me on LinkedIn, which is also Mimi Billing. So it's quite easy. I have. A quite easy name to find, I think. So, <laughs> and uh, I'm obviously, I mean, I'm always open to hear from uh, Nordic startups and so on, uh, and what how they're doing things differently and so on. I think it's really interesting. So, and obviously, we are do, running quite a lot of events at Sifted as well. Uh, so they should definitely get involved and uh, and get in touch. 
what, what's the what's the couple of the kind of next events that are happening at Sifted? Yeah, so we are planning. I mean, this is not out yet, so I'm, I'm saying this now. So <laughs> hush hush. But uh, we're actually planning an event in Stockholm in uh, late um, late November. So that would be great. But also, yeah. but as I said, that hasn't come out yet. <laughs> but we will be. So you will be the first to know about it. Um, and we're also doing our big Sifted Summit, and that's going to be a, a big event on the 5th to 6th of October in London um, for all kind of European tech, and that's in, obviously includes Nordics as well. And yeah. uh, it's going to be like 1,500 people, two days, lots of great speakers, um, and uh, obviously we're going to have a one-stage uh, focus on impact as well. <laughs> so we're going to have people like Northvolt and and others to join us so it'd be very interesting love it Mimi you're an absolute pleasure hope to have you back on the podcast because you've got some really interesting stories uh, but yeah thank you for that Mimi thank you great to be on this thanks